Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, June 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Oil prices jumped on Thursday after Iran shot down a U.S. drone. Slack makes its stock market debut, and Jeremy Hunt will face off against Boris Johnson in the race to be the U.K.'s next prime minister. Plus, the FT's Judith Evans explains why the global real estate boom could be drawing to a close. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Escalating tensions between Iran and the U.S. pushed oil prices sharply higher on Thursday. Brent crude was up 4.3 percent at $64.45 a barrel. That's one of the biggest one-day rises of the year for the international benchmark. The jump came after Iran's Revolutionary Guard said it had shot down a U.S. drone. The group said the drone had violated Iranian airspace early on Thursday local time. Donald Trump rejected that assessment at the White House on Thursday. Uh, This drone was in international waters, clearly. We have it all documented. It's documented scientifically, not just words. But played down the significance of the attack just a few hours later. I find it hard to believe it was intentional, if you want to know the truth. I think that it could have been somebody who was uh, loose and stupid that did it. But we'll be able to report back, and you'll understand exactly what happened. But it was a very foolish move. This comes just days after Washington said it would send a 1,000 more troops to the Middle East. That pledge came after Iran said it would soon breach its limits on its uranium enrichment. Last week, oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman were attacked. The U.S. and Saudi Arabia blamed the Iranians, who denied any involvement. Thursday's drone attack raised concerns about a possible full-scale conflict in the Middle East. Slack made its Wall Street debut yesterday. The workplace chat app landed on the New York Stock Exchange with a $20 billion valuation. That's more than three times what it was worth when it raised money last year. The company went with a direct listing, rather than a traditional IPO. That means Slack didn't have underwriting from a bank. It also didn't put any restrictions on shareholder sales. The shares opened at $38.50 each. They rose as high as $42, closing at $38.62. That made for a huge windfall for Slack's founders and early investors. For context, investors who were part of Slack's last fundraising effort paid just $11.91 a share in September. Now, co-founder and chief executive Stuart Butterfield's personal stake is valued at more than $1.5 billion. And the Conservative Party leadership race is down to two. The total number of votes cast in today's ballot was 313. The total number of ballot papers rejected was one. Environment Secretary Michael Gove was ousted from the contest in the latest round of MP voting. Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt just scraped ahead into second place. The total number of votes given to each candidate were as follows. Michael Gove, 75. Jeremy Hunt, 77. It sets up a race between Mr. Hunt, who supported Britain remaining in the EU in the 2016 referendum, and Boris Johnson, one of the leaders on the Brexit side. 
They'll seek the support of 160,000 conservative party members over the next four weeks. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. Global real estate markets boomed in the years after the 2008 financial crisis. Governments took measures to mitigate the crisis, and the result was a rush of cheap money and investors searching for yield. It pushed many into the real estate market. But what's also happened is that prices have been driven really high um, in global cities, according to Real Capital Analytics. That's Judith Evans, the FT's property correspondent in London. They're now about 45% higher than they were back in 2007 and uh, in some places continuing to rise. But Judith, some say this real estate boom is drawing to a close. Can you explain why that's the case? Well, there are various signs of this that we can see around us. One of the most obvious is retail stores closing and actually empty stores as the retail sector enters a state of crisis. You can see that on Fifth Avenue in New York. You can see malls kind of collapsing in the States and over here as well in the UK. Another sign that the boom is drawing to a close is the large numbers of unsold luxury apartments in many cities, which have accompanied really a downturn at the top end of the residential market, which arguably was the first part of the market to really start heading downhill. You had mentioned New York's Fifth Avenue. A few years ago, something happened with Lord & Taylor's century-old flagship store. Uh, Can you talk about what happened and what it signals for this more broadly? Absolutely. Lord and Taylor's flagship on Fifth Avenue, a really beautiful Renaissance revival building. But the department store decided to close that branch in order to pay the debts of its parent company in another sign of the sort of retail meltdown that's taking place. And instead of that, the building has been bought by WeWork, the shared office group. They take long leases on buildings. And that's really changed the office market a lot. Tenants are becoming more demanding from their landlords. They're looking for these kind of all-inclusive short deals. And landlords can no longer just kind of sit back and watch the rent roll in. We're also seeing that here in the UK. Arcadia is the most recent retail group to restructure all its leases. It's paying a lot less rent. It also has the option to get out of a lot of those leases quite quickly. So landlords are having to be a lot more nimble. They're having to fill that space. It's all about property owners or those who lease properties for the long term having to work harder. And Judith, what should we be watching for in the real estate market now? Well, we are, most analysts agree, at a late stage of the property cycle. So one thing to watch out for is parts of the market sort of getting overexcited. There's certainly some concerns about parts of the debt market. It's fairly widely agreed that we don't have the same problems we had just over 10 years ago with bank debt, that banks have been more circumspect in their real estate lending. But to fill in some of those gaps have come these private debt funds, often run by private equity firms, which don't have to hold the same sort of regulatory capital. They're not as transparent. And certainly some people, including people in that field, are saying, look, some of the things that our peers are doing are looking a bit questionable here. So it's certainly a possibility that there is some level of unwise lending going on. Another sort of late cycle feature to look out for is kind of too much capital flooding into parts of the market, potentially resulting in oversupply. And one area that analysts have flagged, it's not really happening yet, but people are getting really overexcited about warehouses because the rise of e-commerce. There was recently a record warehouse deal. Blackstone bought 18.7 billion worth of warehouses from GLP. Blackstone generally have 
a reputation for making pretty good bets on things like this, but there are other sort of possibly less sharp operators out there in the market and concerns that at least in some countries or some parts of some countries, we could end up with too many warehouses and the excitement could sort of rebound back on the investors. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our intern is Eileen Rodriguez. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek. We had help this week from Gavin Kalman and Michael Bruning. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business whether it's a local operation or a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.